Kane is in the building. <laughs> Good evening and welcome back to another episode of the 3P podcast. This is the second episode of the seventh season. And for this week's episode, I'm your host, Alex Castle. And as always, I have the pleasure of being joined by my co-host, Stephen Bonazzo, TJ Hummel, Josh Ramowitz. Appreciate you gentlemen holding the fort down last week while I was uh, missed. Um but an episode with LPG is always great, uh, especially leading up to this last Giants game, which we'll get into a little later. Uh, but definitely go check out that episode and and Joe's page. He's always doing a bunch of great raffles. He's got one going on. I'm not sure if it's still going on, but uh, it's a raffle for a ticket for this weekend's game against the Eagles. Great cause. So definitely go check that out. But this week we got another great football episode lined up. A lot of different stories going on right now, not just with the playoffs, but with the offseason, too. So why don't we start off with there? And a reoccurring theme that we seem to have on the show uh, when it comes to teams switching positions is the quarterback carousel. And uh, we could be in for a very big ride this season, gentlemen, because uh, there are three big names that are hopping on the carousel, and that's Mr. Brady. Mr. Rogers and possibly Mr. Jackson. So throw in the fourth one. They're on the fourth one. That's guaranteed. Come on. Derek Carr. Oh, yes. And Derek Carr, of course. But that was already Derek Carr. He he said his farewell. That that was already established. But yes, Derek Carr is, is on the carousel as well. Two of them, two of the quarterbacks we're going to take a look at right now are both both of their teams are coming off. Uh, losses in the playoffs, Ravens losing to the Bengals and in, in, in a game that I thought was a lot closer than expected. And then Tampa just getting manhandled by the Cowboys, which is always, uh, always frustrating to see as a Giants fan, especially because the Cowboys were, they were losing some games towards the end of the season. So I thought, eh, you know, maybe Tampa could have the upset, but Tom Brady might be, uh, might be older than he thinks. So, Stevie, I, I want to start with you on on the current situation with Tampa. Tom Brady addresses the media, thanks the organization. It's announced today that Byron Leftwich is fired. There's a lot of speculation going around with Brady, of course, about where he's going to end up retiring, Las Vegas. I don't know what other teams are in the mix. Frankly, I, I think the Las Vegas move could be interesting, teaming up with Josh McDaniels, still having Devontae Adams if they keep Josh Jacobs. So what do you what do you think the future holds for for Mr. Brady? Do you think after this season he should hang up the cleats or you you don't think he's gonna end the his career on this note? Because I mean, this even though they won the division, this was just not a good performance, not only for him, but for Tampa as a whole. 
yeah, I definitely don't see him um calling it a career. If he was gonna call it a career, he should have uh stayed retired before on retiring before the uh this season started. So I think he's he's still committed uh to playing in this league. And but I, I definitely think and I was actually um talking to some people earlier and I, I think he's definitely out of Tampa. I think that was it for Tampa. Um I mean I just it seemed like him and his receivers were off the whole year. Yes, he still finished like third in passing yards, but the running backs they didn't really have a strong run game. You know, Fournette wasn't as effective middle of the season. Uh, you know, the first couple of weeks he was scoring touchdowns, but never really gaining a lot of yards, rushing yards at least. More effective as a you know um, receiver out of the backfield. And then even Rashad White, you know, a couple games, good games here and there, but like they didn't have a a dominant run game. Um, he was. I mean, yes, Mike Evans still finished with over a thousand yards, but they, as you get, if you watch the games, they weren't as um, connected as they usually are. Um, it really looked like you know off timing a lot, and and guys not knowing where to be, you know what routes, and um, and it just in the whole season it was like that, and really they they got in really late in the year. It's not like they clinched. And that division was really, really bad. Probably besides maybe the AFC South. Um, so between the NFC South and the AFC South, the two worst conferences in football this season. Um, he, like, I, I, I think he's gone. I really, it doesn't matter that Byron Leftwich got um, fired. I think it doesn't matter who they bring in. I just don't see Brady's, sticking with Tampa. Um so now where does he go? You know, some people earlier said, "Oh, maybe re- reunion with New England." I don't think so. Um I mean, I guess you can't totally knock it out of the equation, but I think that won't happen. I th- personally think I really think he wants to go to San Fran. I mean, that's his hometown team. He was he's from California. That would be the dumbest move. Uh, can you just? I'm not saying he should. I'm just no, saying. I'm think. I'm talking from the 49ers standpoint, not his side. Yeah, from the 49ers standpoint. I think that'd be the dumbest move ever. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. You're looking at it like, all right, Brock Purdy's playing well or whatever, like that. You have Trey Lance, and you have Jimmy but, G still. But That's Jimmy, the- but but here's the thing: if a seven-time Super Bowl winning quarterback who one that it's not like he got carried by the defenses. I mean, he like Brady was a key, obviously, person in those Super Bowls. If he comes knocking on your door and saying, Hey, I want to join your team, you're gonna turn around and say, Sorry, we got a rookie who hasn't really done anything, or not a rookie. We have a, a really young quarterback who hasn't done anything and has now suffered some injuries. Um, we have a the last pick in the draft, who, yes, has shown some flashes and been playing well, but he is still very young and rookie and hasn't won anything this league. And we have Jimmy G, who, yes, he's won us some key games, but still has yet to win us a Super Bowl. You going to turn that down? 100%. I mean, 100%. I don't know. I, I think... You worded that so terribly, though. What? No, because Brock Purdy, you said, has, hasn't won anything yet. He's only 6-0 and in his NFL career, including a playoff win in his first career playoff start. 
threw for almost 400 yards in that in that start. And that was a tough, gritty game. They were losing at half against Seattle, and then they they scored 20 straight points, and it was a blowout. People I know, for, but- forgot that that game was close in the first half, and then Brock Purdy took over. He doesn't. He's not playing like a rookie right now, and this is also coming off a shortened. He was inactive most of the year, right? Because Jimmy G and who was the backup for Jimmy G? Because I don't think it was Purdy for. I think it probably was some... probably was Purdy. Okay, so even if he dressed, whatever, he wasn't getting the first team reps. This the 49ers team is built around Trey Lance, correct? At in the beginning of the season. Yeah, in the beginning of the year. That's what I'm talking about. The 49ers built this team around Trey Lance, right? Their yeah. offense, whatever. But they might go into this offseason thinking, why risk what we what we don't know with Trey Lance when we could just continue to build on what we have and what we know Brock Purdy can do? Because right now they're playing really good football. And frankly, I think they're the best team in the NFL right now with the way their offense and their defense has been playing. Christian McCaffrey looks like the Christian McCaffrey that everyone drafted number one in fantasy for a reason he's playing like it and then you have Debo Samuel balling out again George Kittle is actually locked in and scoring I I think the 49ers would be foolish to move on from Brock Purdy and go after Tom Brady it, it just I, doesn't make any sense what I'm saying is I'm not saying that the 49ers should spend all their time and effort pursuing Brady but I'm saying if Brady like informs his agent or whoever and is interested in the 49ers and he like he's making it clear that like the 49ers are like either his top option or one of his top options I don't know how you can just be like nah we don't want Tom Brady and it's not like you have Mahomes if they, I could see if the Chiefs were you know if Brady's like I want to play in Kansas City well you got Patrick Mahomes why are you going to give him up but you're gonna you're so- gonna you're, but hold on. You're going to... I'll let you finish. Go on. Like I said, so Trey Lance is a big unknown. It seems like at this point, it seems like he's not going to turn into what they thought he would be with the third overall pick. You know, he was very, very raw and was a big pot project coming out of college to begin with because he only had one year of college experience. Now, he's had... And like, he's never looked this good as Brock Purdy has with the same team. So Trey Lance, to be honest, is more kind of going on the, I'm not going to call him a complete bus, but he's still big unknown, but he's starting to go towards that bus path. Jimmy G, you kind of know what he is. He's solid, but same thing. Can he win those really big games? Yes, he's yes he's won an NFC championship. Yes, he's you know obviously made it to the Super Bowl and won other big playoff games, but is he going to constantly win you those big games like Brady? And now the same thing with Brock Purdy. Okay, he won... Yes, he's won six and zero. He's six and zero, and then he won that wild card game. But now this true competition—not true, but like now this big competition is really going to start to happen. You know, so they got Dallas this weekend. We'll see with Dallas. Like Dallas is kind of a hit or miss. But then they're going to be playing either Philly or the Giants, depending on who wins that game. You have to get through that, and then you're going to have to probably play anyone from Cincinnati, Buffalo, or Kansas City. Because really, sorry, Jacksonville, I don't see them going to the Super Bowl. And then can he win those? If Brock Purdy can win them the Super Bowl this year, maybe then 
All right. But look at Nick Foles. Nick Foles went on that playoff run. Would you take Nick Foles over Tom Brady? I there's, sure a, there, there's, a, there's a difference between Nick Foles and Brock Purdy. Nick Foles but, has been a backup his entire career and then was and then became the starter, but he was a vet at the, he wasn't a he wasn't a rookie. But hold on, but when Nick Foles his first couple when he had that Pro Bowl season in Philly, and then same thing, got like a full season, couldn't do it. And then he had the playoff run, did really good, beat some good teams, beat Brady in the Super Bowl, and then got the got Jacksonville handed in the bag, starting chance, couldn't do it. So Purdy, yes, it's tough to tell, but I'm just saying you would rather say we have Brock Purdy, we don't want Tom Brady. Yes. And but I'm gonna when they're when they're like con- contenders, like true contenders. They are contenders right now. That's, That's what I'm saying. Thing. Brock Purdy, I in my opinion, from when Brock Purdy took over, they went from a playoff team to a Super Bowl contender. With the way they're playing right now. But it and the and the way you said that if they win the Super Bowl, then maybe you'll consider is pretty ridiculous. Because imagine Brock Purdy was taken at number three where Trey Lance was, and Trey Lance was picked where Brock Purdy was was picked in the last pick. This wouldn't be a conversation. The only reason why it's a conversation right now is because where they were drafted, right? If Brock Purdy wasn't Mr. Irrelevant, we wouldn't be having this conversation. He would be the franchise quarterback already with how he's playing. Right. But it is yes, no, you're you're true. You're right on that. But so and Tom Brady, everyone knows that he's a six a late six round pick too. And then he became the guy. So I don't really think it's fair to judge Brock Purdy as a 22 year old, a 23 year old rookie has them in the, on the verge of being in the NFC championship. If they beat Dallas and you're thinking about bringing in a guy twice his age to in a Kyle Shanahan offense, which is very run heavy involves the quarterback also to move. You think that's an upgrade. Think about how much you'd have to pay Brady when you have two quarterbacks right now on rookie deals and Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. So you're already saving money on those two guys. What are you, you're going to have to trade both of them because both of those quarterbacks or Trey Lance is an unknown, but still a possibility. He could be a starting quarterback in this league. Brock Purdy is showing he could be a quarterback in this league. I, it's just ridiculous. If you think Tom Brady is the answer to the 49ers, especially if they keep going this year, I I totally understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that if if you're any team with not a like quarterback like a Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, I'm trying to think like because I wouldn't even count Lamar Jackson now. Um, like I'm you know I'm trying to think guys like that. But uh, this is also Joe Burrow even. Tom Brady is also starting to show his age. It's not like you're getting a top five quarterback. Tom Brady is not a top five quarterback anymore. He's certainly showing his age. He can't move out of the pocket. He's not hitting. His but the throw. 49ers though don't have a top five quarterback, a top 10 quarterback. No, but they have a young quarterback who's showing that they could win games with him. And honestly, he is making explosive plays, which you want in a quarterback. A Jimmy G is a, I would call a game manager like a Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy, I don't think is a game manager. I think he is a guy you can lean on to win a football game. 
And I, I like Brock Purdy a lot, and I think he could be good. But it's too, like, I'm saying Brady has a resume. Brady is still third in the league in passing yards and still, like, had a good touchdown and interception ratio and is still leading his team to the playoffs with the way they play, the way they're coached. Kyle Shanahan is a great coach, you know. And I'm just saying if Brady is, like, wants to play for your team and you don't have a top five, top 10 quarterback i don't know how you can turn him down or not even think of bringing him on i'm not saying i'm not saying the 49ers you know plan a plan number one is to go after tom brady but if tom brady is like i said knocking on your door and saying hey i want to join your team i think you got to like think about it and really seriously consider it i in my personal opinion again and i was just listening as them as a team for his I really think Miami would be the perfect situation because they ain't winning with the quarterbacks they got. And even though Tua played better, if he's not going to be able to stay healthy and, you know, I think Brady would go in and have probably one of the best years and most fun times of his career with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, the speed on that offense, the dynamic, you know, that offense. So I think that, but I'm just saying, I know Brady was a huge 49ers guy because of Joe Montana. They're they're built to his all they really need is like and again, they're getting good quarterback play, but if they get like a Tom Brady type quarterback, they are like undoubtedly probably the number one Super Bowl contenders over the Chiefs, over other teams. Because now if you had to pick Brock Purdy versus Mahomes in the Super Bowl, I'm taking Mahomes and Chiefs all day. Now you throw Brady against Mahomes in the Super Bowl, I'm taking the 49ers. And you're shaking your head. I don't... I don't. Yeah, no. I just think this argument is r- ridiculous. Oh, let's ask TJ and Castle. Yeah, I'm curious what they think because it's just We've been, been going at it, so we're not going to see a head-to-head. I just want to end with this before we let those two jump in, that if you're San Fran and Tom Brady is knocking at your door, you better have some good security to make sure he goes away because they have something special going right now. You're just going to ruin it, bringing in a guy twice your age. You're going to is it going to continue into next season? That's the thing, too. He's six games into his NFL career and looks very good. But I'm just saying there. His touchdown to interception ratio, 13 to four. Is that good? Or is that bad? That is, good. that is good. But I said there are many examples of guys that have short term success, but can't do it over long periods of time like Brady has done in this career. I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, honestly, I I think I, I have to agree with Josh here and say it's kind of ridiculous to think that Tom Brady would think they would welcome Tom Brady into San Francisco, maybe as like a quarterback coach or something. But I don't think like Father Time is finally caught up to him. He did not look like the Tom Brady that everyone grew up loving and seeing him drive down the field get hit like being surgical like we used to see that obviously wasn't the case against Dallas it's either a mix of a lot of things but like Josh said San Fran's got something special going right now their defense is arguably one of the best if not the best defense right now in the NFL Brock Purdy showed up showed out they have Trey Lance coming back they still have Jimmy G there's a lot going on with this with this offense. There's a lot of moving parts. 
and bringing somebody like Tom Brady, who is a pocket passer, doesn't scramble, obviously doesn't have the speed for it. How is that going to contribute to a like an offense with all these high caliber receivers and runners like Debo McCaffrey? How is it? How would that work with a guy like Tom Brady, going into the whole scheme that they have already? It's like it's like saying, like I saw something about the Giants trading for fucking Derek Carr. And why would you want to bring somebody new in to a culture that you've already been building with the quarterback that's been there since the beginning? It just wouldn't make sense. It would make absolutely no sense. So Stevie. I'm going to turn this to you just because of how open you are with Tom Brady. I guess you're okay if the Bears get Tom Brady instead of and move on from Fields then, right? Well, because Justin Fields is not a top five quarterback. He's not Mahomes or Allen. Okay, well, here's the thing, though. Fields has shown, like, promise to be a top five quarterback. He had no weapons. So my thing is... Has won a has won a playoff game already as a rookie. I'm and plus I'm just saying, like, I would never even consider it because Brady would never even consider coming to the Bears, and you know, like, like I I see what you're trying to do, and now I'm kind of contradicting my words, but I'm just saying that I think Fields has the potential to be a top five quarterback if you just get him some weapons like within next year. I think he already took that huge leap, you know. And if you give him like a legit wide receiver one, I think he can be right up there with Allen and those guys. And if Brock Purdy was drafted number three, he would be, everyone would be calling him a top five guy who has top five quarterback potential. Right or wrong? Not necessarily. So you, I'm like, I, I just, to me, like, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you guys are putting too much faith into Brock Purdy this early into his career. Like, I think you guys think like he's a Lord and Savior for that team. Like, I I think he's very good, and I really liked him coming out of uh, college and stuff. And yes, he's played well, but it was over such a short span of time. Can he withstand a full season? And stuff like that. And everything has gone like too perfect for him. There's got to be some sort of challenge and adversity. And how's he going to bounce back from that? You know, yeah, and Castle, before, before you hop in and before Josh, you hop in, I never said I had the faith in, in Brock Purdy. I said he showed up and showed out. What you, what you, I don't know if you heard what I said, but they still have Trey Lance coming back. They still have Jimmy G on the roster. It's not like Brock Purdy's going to be their starter next year. There's gonna there's gonna be a court a quarterback uh, competition, but who, but when you look at that team, who do you have faith in? Because they were already kind of losing faith in Trey Lance start going into this year, and how many games did Trey Lance play before he before he tore his ACL? Well, no, he hurt his ankle, and then he, he missed the entire season. Stevie, he did not. He, he played no. one quarter, so he. He, no, he played the full game against the Bears. Lost. No, he got hurt in that game. Yeah, and then he came back, and then he got hurt again. I just want to end on this because because Castle's dying to move on. 
I want to hear Castle. If you if you include the playoff stats from Brock, Brock Purdy, he has two less touchdowns than Fields had all this year. Okay, but Brock Purdy has Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, a great oh, old line. But you're that's great. That's what a winning playoff team is supposed to be. That's great. But for you to say that you don't think he has the top five potential, but Justin Fields does. Granted, Justin Fields doesn't have weapons and he looked very good, but he's showing he could win a playoff game. That's what you want in a quarterback. You want some people when you playoff games. Are, are you just are you saying that last week's game was not important because it was the Seahawks? They really weren't great. That's just that would be ridiculous if that's what you're you're going at. What I'm just saying though is like even if Brady were to come to Chicago, I know he's not winning anything because there's no weapons. You know, he, he can't do like no quarterback, even Mahomes probably can't do anything with Chicago. Chicago's just a really bad team. But I'm saying the 49ers, who are contenders now with their quarterback room now, if you bring Tom Brady in, who's won seven Super Bowls. They, you can pretty much guarantee them to at least make it. Now with Brock Purdy, yes, they're playing well. You like the momentum, but can he win you that? You know Tom Brady can because he's done it not once, not twice, seven times. Seven times. Castle, I want to hear your opinion. I I think I'm going to delay my opinion for when we do a preview of of this week's games um and i also think we need to clip that whole debate and send it to john lynch just so he has a good idea of what he needs to do for the offseason that that was this is more of a (laughs) kind of episode than uh um i'm gonna i'm gonna leave my opinion for for when we do i'll I'll say this there's a lot to dissect with Purdy and the Niners this whole season. So both I, I see where both of you guys are coming from, and I'll elaborate more when we get to the preview, but we're gonna delay that. Um we we need to we got off the carousel. Now now let's get back on a little bit. And the next quarterback I want to bring up is Lamar Jackson. And the 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 sweepstakes for Lamar Jackson has begun and today's news in the whole sweepstakes got interesting. Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator gets fired. And then there's a tweet that comes out by, I think it was Schefter that says John uh, from John Harbaugh that Lamar's our guy and he's our quarterback and, and this and that. So there's that. But when you take a look at this Ravens offense as a whole, forget the fact that Lamar was hurt for a very big chunk of the season leading into the postseason. He didn't have that much to work with. They didn't really have a a, a great receiving core. Mark Andrews had, had his share of injuries. I'm not even sure if he's considered top five this season. Probably, but I'm not too sure about that stat-wise. And then the running back room was messy. Dobbins, Edwards, even Drake was out at one point. So my question, and and I'm going to give Stevie a breather here. I'll leave it to either uh, Josh or, or TJ to interject. 
With all of that being said, how do the how do you feel the Ravens will approach Lamar and the contract? Do you think they'll overpay him and try to sell him on the fact that we're going to do whatever we can to really make pushes to build an offense around you because you're our guy or because he went out there and said, I'm going to bet on myself. And clearly, I mean, injuries aside, clearly he didn't win that bet. Do you think they're going to give him whatever they feels right? And he's going to enter the free agency portal. So either of you guys can jump in. I mean, they kind of, I feel like they kind of have to give him whatever he wants at this point. Um, it's a tough situation for the Ravens because they didn't, they weren't able to get a deal done last year. And now they were forced to be put into this situation, but they knew it could have been easily avoided. But I mean, I'm hoping that the second option is the one that reigns true and the jets swoop in and get Lamar because that would be a huge boost to our offense. If we have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Absolutely. I saw, uh, I don't know who tweeted it or honestly wherever it came from, but I did see it as a notification from uh, somebody that the Ravens are either going to franchise tag Lamar if they can't get a deal done or they're going to get a deal done. So I think either way, he's going to be a Raven. Not, well, if they franchise tag him, he said, he said he's not playing on the franchise tag. He would demand a trade if that happens. Yeah, but like I said, or not like I said, but as I was thinking, I think either way, he's going to be a Raven to start next year. Whether it's under a new deal or a franchise tag is to be determined. But if that if he does get tagged and he doesn't play, they'll they'll get they'll get significant trade value out of him from whoever wants to land him. Like, like Josh, like you said, if so, let me give you a hypothetical question here. If Lamar gets tagged, they don't come to a deal and he wants out, what do you think it would take the Jets to give up to land Lamar Jackson? Great question. I mean, I'm sure every team who's in the mix will probably offer the same package picks. That's really what it comes down to how many picks are teams willing to give up? Because it seems like with the exception of the Russell Wilson trade, because they they gave up a lot of picks, but they also gave up a couple of players. Most tr- trades involving quarterbacks just involve a lot of picks. And that really is the highlight of the trade. Um, if that's the case. Then I could see the jets offering two, maybe three first rounders as well as like other later round picks. But well, if that's not going to get it done, then there's really not much else that the Jets could do because that seems like a very good offer, giving up a lot of picks involved, like including multiple first rounders. And if they're not going to want to do that, then that's really all that teams could offer. And then, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's the best the best way to look at it because if the Ravens are trading him away and they're they're firing their offensive coordinator, then that clearly shows that they're in a rebuild. The def they they've got the talent on defense. I mean, they just 
extended Roquan Smith to a five-year, $100 million deal. And they've got some pieces on that side of the ball that will continue to elevate them. So I think that's the best way to look at it. But a lot to uh, continue to, to look at with the Lamar story. It really makes things interesting that he ended the season with, with that MCL sprain, didn't even play against the Bengals. So I'm very curious to see what happens with that if they end up franchise tagging him because then the sweepstakes really begins. And we, we did mention Derek Carr earlier, and if you guys want to speculate about that, we can. But the, the final quarterback that we have to talk about that's on the carousel is Mr. Rogers. And I was very, very happy that the Lions won, even though they didn't make the playoffs. But this definitely definitely makes you wonder what his future is going to be like. And there's actually a, a show that has a segment that's dedicated to Aaron Rodgers' appearance every Tuesday. And I, I get these reports from Josh, and he's he's the biggest Pat McAfee fan of, of his show that I know. TJ is right there, too. So, Josh, from this week's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, what was your takeaway and from what he said? And, and overall, how, do you feel he's leaning towards retirement or – do you think he will continue just not as a cheesehead? Um, so he kind of <clears throat> said a lot of nothing, which was kind of expected. But my main takeaways from what he said was, it, without actually saying it, it sounds like he truly wants to play. And he said that he's happy in Green Bay. But if they are thinking about rebuilding, then he will not be a part of that but he also went on to say afterwards that he and if he wherever he plays he specifically named packer players as guys that he wants to end his career with randall cobb mercedes lewis for example um so in my opinion just based on listening to what he said it sounds like he's gonna wait a few weeks maybe months to actually announce what he's going to do but i think at the end he's going to return to the packers because there i don't see them as a rebuilding team they they struggled the entire year and managed to almost get into the playoffs had they just won the last game they were going to be in the playoffs um they they're in a weird situation with cat with space with cap space but they got a lot out of their rookie wide receivers and they're only going to continue to grow as they continue to get more experience in the nfl they have a very good run game and roger said that he believes that he can win mvp still so that also goes on to believe that he's not going to retire so i think rogers will be a packer next year sorry stevie uh, no problem. It's, it's funny. I don't know how we disagreed that much on Brady and I couldn't agree with you more on this Rogers situation because each year now for the past couple of years, it, it, it's like, Oh, what's the deal with Rod? Especially last year, it felt he was good as gone. And then he returned. And it seems like every year it's the same kind of topic and conversation. And what happens? He comes back to play quarterback for the green Bay Packers. And at this point, I think that's that's what's gonna happen. Um, and you know what? 
promise it's i would almost prefer that because a couple things it like that team to me just doesn't scare me as past packers teams did you know um and to be honest we kind of made the agreement not to talk about the bears beforehand but you already brought up field so now and we're talking about rogers who's in division for me the biggest like fearful the team i'm gonna fear most going into next is the lions i really think the lions are probably gonna be you know i know the vikings just won this year but to be honest kirk cousins doesn't scare me you know and if you can stop Jefferson like the Giants did and how some teams did during the season, how the hell are they going to beat you, you know? Um, and then the Packers, to be honest, I'm just really not scared any of them anymore. Um, so I just – I think – and plus, yes, Rodgers is nasty, but he's old. He's a lot to deal with sometimes. Um, and I think teams would rather just target another quarterback or get their own guy. Um, so I think Rogers is gonna go back to Green Bay and and that's that. Um and then, you know, I think I don't know how many more years he wants to play, but like you said, he's and it seems like he's more worried about winning MVPs than um Super Bowls. So I'm fine. He can win all the MVPs he wants, as long as he's not winning uh or not bringing another title back to title town. So my follow-up question is, because it seems like the consensus is he will return to Green Bay, and I'm opening this up to anyone, what happens to Jordan Love? There, I think I've seen reports that he openly has stated or there's speculation that he'll want to trade. Do they do they go with it and just say, screw it, we're, we're letting this guy go, or do they hold on to him because you don't know when Rodgers is going to retire? Yeah, he said he feels like he can win another MVP, but how many more years does that really mean? So open it up to anyone. What what does this mean for Jordan? Frankly, I kind of forgot about him until you just said that question. So I guess that's very fitting. Uh, I honestly have no idea because teams have don't really know what they could get out of Jordan Love. So if if the Packers were to trade him, I think the value would be so shot that it won't be worth it. He's still under contract. I think it's one of those deals where it'll be, sorry, Jordan Love, you got to tough it out another year and then wait your turn, which frankly has seemed like it's happened each of the last three years and it's going to continue until they move on from Rodgers or if he retires. So it's a tough situation to be Jordan Love. I think, to be honest, they – they're not even worried about Jordan Love. They got to move him. They move him. Um, yes, they drafted him, but obviously they ra- they would rather keep a guy like Rodgers, who has won MVP, has won the Super Bowl, and you know, um, I'm sure they'll admit that he was definitely the wrong choice. Um, but they will worry about the day when Rodgers is done, when that day comes. But for now, they're still gonna enjoy, you know having 12 line up under center as their quarterback. Um, and, you know, they could care. Like, if they truly believe Jordan Love was their franchise QB, the next one, they probably would have found a way to have either Rodgers retire or leave, whether that was, you know, 
by trade or didn't re-sign him to that massive contract extension. But clearly they they wanted Rodgers. So, you know, they'll either draft another QB soon and that hopefully this time, you know, Rodgers is pretty much done by then or they'll, you know, trade for a guy like, you know, say when Rodgers' time is done and a guy like Derek Carr, you know, like that situation's up, then they'll do something like that. But for now, they want Rodgers. I mean, he is their franchise. You know, without Rodgers, the Packers would not be what the Packers have been for the past however many years he's starting. You know, they live, Packers fans, the Packers organization, the front office, live, breathe, and die by Aaron Rodgers. They, they, they do, you know. Um, it was Brett Favre for the longest time, then Rodgers came in right after and was, like, just as good, you know. So, I think, to be honest, like, they're just worried about Rodgers. And like I said, whenever that day comes when he officially, and not speculation, like officially either hangs it up or leaves, then they'll worry about that. But for now, you know, they're just still going to ride with 12. I think so too. And, and it, it's, you know, it's it's definitely one of those things where, unfortunately for Love, he's kind of just stuck and... I don't know. We none of us, I think, know still why the Packers went with him. But it's going to be very interesting to see not only what happens with Rodgers, but if he does decide to return, what reports will come out about Love. So that will conclude the the carousel. And and I'm not forgetting my man from Fresno State. I'm not forgetting Derek Carr. We can we can elaborate more on him next week as more quarterback news comes out but now we got to move to the good stuff and that's this weekend's games we got two games on saturday we got two games on sunday and what really stood out to me about the about this weekend with the quarterbacks is with the exception of dak all the other quarterbacks i think are i think it was under 25 or something along those lines. Mahomes, Mahomes is the is the oldest and he's 27. I thought Dak was I thought Dak was older than him. Okay. Well, we got a lot of young quarterbacks this weekend. And you look at the you look at the game some of the games from last week leading into this week. Dak, Dak, so is, Dak is the oldest. He's 29. Yeah, okay. Yep. So with the exception of Dak and Mahomes, got a got a crazy healthy mix of young quarterbacks. Got Jones, who's on his fourth year, Lawrence, who's on his second, third year. We obviously talked about Mr. Irrelevant, the rookie. Got Joe Exotic. So we're really, we're really starting to see more and and more of the future of of the league with with these quarterbacks that we look at this weekend so a lot of exciting stuff uh why don't we go around the horn and and, and talk about we can quickly go over each game and and go, and go over our predictions and we'll start with the first game on saturday which is the jacksonville and kansas city game and I just want to give a shout out and and I never thought I'd be giving this guy a shout out because of 
who I who I root for, but I got to give a shout out to Doug Peterson. I mean, what he has done with this Jacksonville team is, is really amazing. I mean, I, I I don't know if you guys have seen this in interviews or tweets or whatever, but Doug Peterson is a coach that not only vibes with the players, but he's that guy that these guys want to fight for. And the fact that he was able to prevail and, and get these guys to win down by 27, it's it's really amazing. So it, it's a tough matchup, though. It's tough. This is the Chiefs. This is Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't matter that he doesn't have Tyreek. He's got Kelsey and, and he's got some other playmakers. And you know what? People continue to tell me this and I'm going to continue to sleep, but I'm not that too big on their defense. Sure, they got they got their their players, but I don't know. I'm not big on their defense. So Josh, what what's your feeling about this this first Saturday game? Lawrence, Mahomes, Chiefs, Jags. Yeah, so as we we've discussed in previous episodes that if you want to run the East, the AFC, you're going to have to go through the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. So what do the Jaguars have to do? Well, hope it start with hopefully not going down by 27. But I think as crazy as this might sound, I think that game specifically the first half was a huge growing pain for Trevor Lawrence that he kind of needed to get out of the way so he could continue to develop and be a successful, possibly top five quarterback in this league. The fact that he threw four interceptions and frankly, most of them were bad plays by him, not just tip passes from his receivers. The fact that he was able to keep his head up, bounce back and lead his team to victory, making some very impressive and important timely throws that that's what you want to see from your your franchise quarterback. And you said it perfectly, Castle. Doug Peterson is the perfect guy for him. Everyone was so worried that oh, Trevor Lawrence was never going to be an NFL quarterback because of Urban Meyer last year. People were fearful that he was going to be ruined, but it, it looks like the complete opposite. So, very happy to see that. I think Jacksonville needs to be able to establish a run game early. And uh, Stevie, you had Travis Etienne last week. He didn't score, which, okay, it sucks for your your bragging rights, but he had 109 yards rushing. Castle mentioned that the Chiefs' defense is not very impressive, so I'm if you're the Jaguars, you are hoping that you can be able to get that run game early to open up the play-action passes for Trevor Lawrence to hit his receivers, uh, Zay Jones, Mar- uh, Marvin Jones, who, uh, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram. Those guys can catch well. Evan Ingram, I guess, maybe fixed his dropping problem since he's out of New York, but he actually looks very productive. And I was happy that I picked him to score a touchdown. TJ too. That was that was a very big touchdown that Evan Ingram had for them. So, yeah, it, I don't know if this will be a close game or not. I'm hoping it will be just because it's the playoffs. But if the Jaguars get the run game going early, it has the potential to be a very good game. For sure. And I, I I do want to say, you know, I, even though I'm not impressed with the Chiefs defense, I do want to say that having Chris Jones on that line is huge. And if the Jacksonville offensive line cannot neutralize him, then I'm going to be eating my words. 
But I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a great game. And you brought up a great point about growing pains with those four interceptions. I think that's what you, and not saying that Lawrence is cocky or anything like that, but I think it humbles him a little more to have that and then come back. Word. I like that you use that. It's a humbling experience for him. Great job. And it's kind of cool to think that this guy has yet to lose on Saturday. I loved when uh, part of my take put that stat out. So I'm really excited for that game. Great way to kick off uh, Saturday. And then we're shifting over to next Saturday's game, which it's still really the next game on Saturday, which is still really hard for me to to take in as a Giants fan. Um, I, I kind of laugh now looking back at that game a little bit because the Vikings did fire their defensive coordinator today. So it's like uh, aha, an aha moment concerning, you know, those Midwesterners were, we're talking their trash. Um, but we're playing the Eagles in Philly. It, it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. Th- those people are going to be tailgating at three in the morning and they're, they're not going to stop. So TJ, what are the, what are the big keys going into this game? You know, th- there's, there's a confidence and there's a swagger now with this giants team. And but hopefully, it I'll admit, it, hopefully it doesn't lead to cockiness. That's oh, a big of course. And, and I'm we hoping saw, that, that fired with the boat. And, and thank God that that curse is. But I'm hoping that Dable can can bring them down a little bit. Um, and, and I'll admit that going into this Eagles week, I was like, we're screwed. This is it. You know, this is our exit. But I've been watching pressers every day this week. Uh, I'm I'm watching some, you know, film. I'm looking at everything. And I have a different opinion now. I, I don't think this game is going to be a major blowout. I think we will be competitive. It's going to be tough, but we will be competitive. So, TJ, what what's your prediction for, for our team's game this weekend? My per- well, my prediction obviously is that we're gonna win, but I think it's gonna be it could be one of two two types of games. It could be a very run heavy game from both teams, depending on if the Giants' defensive front can get to Jalen Hurts, and if yep, like Josh just said in the chat, you that listeners can't see, he said ugly football in all caps, and we could see very ugly football. Or we can see an absolute shootout. Like, remember a couple of seasons ago, Castle, when Eli and Drew Brees threw for like 13 touchdowns in the game? That was a crazy game. Yeah, that game was nuts. So I, I have a feeling, especially with how the Giants offense kind of arrived, if you will, with the emergence of, of Daniel Jones in his first playoff game, he blew everybody's minds. He, not even us Giants fans, like nation, national news, national like Sports Center, all the talking heads on Sports Center were blown away by Daniel Jones' performance, and I think that just goes into into coaching. Yes, and and one of the keys is they're gonna have to feed Saquon Barkley. I'd say a healthy fifteen to twenty five carries because they can also get him get him involved in the air. So they can get they can get him out in, in a downfield. 
no, I don't want 50 carries, Josh. Stop it. Stop it. Because <laughs> we know he's not the only running threat on this team. Okay. No, you gotta get you gotta you gotta give some credit to uh to Brita too. Yep, gotta give some credit to Matt Brita. And obviously Daniel Jones needs his legs. But I think the biggest the biggest factor is the Giants need to lock up that Philly offense because we've seen it. We saw it in the first the first matchup of the season with the Giants in the regular season. Yep, we we sure did, and it's uh, it's you know it's going to be tough, and I think that all that all has to do with with Wink's game plan, and talk you know he's talked about shadowing certain guys for Brown or having certain guys match up with Smith. It's 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 going to be all about game plan. Um, I know Josh, I know you want Kenny G to have three touchdowns. We were watching the game last week, and you were going nuts for Kenny G. But hey, he he did have that big block, so you, you got that moment. Hey, no, it, it was a big time block, and I and I like that you mentioned uh, that Wink has at times used a, used a corner to shadow um, their best receiver. So I think that'll be something to watch for. Adoree Jackson did really well on Justin Jefferson more than more than well and we were talking before the game we were unsure how he was going to do traveling against Justin Jefferson since it was his first game back in how many games did he miss oh he missed about seven or eight weeks I think yeah, and you so- know what's crazy about him correct me if I'm wrong I I remember him being good with Tennessee but not like this this has seemed like a career resurgence type of performance with the Giants and it's needed because frankly without his without him your secondary is rather weak with without oh, yeah without him so he, he's a true number one corner and it and he's gonna need to show up on sunday to have for the giants to uh to win and now i'm gonna give my uh my key to the game for the giants i think it'll come on the defensive end because as great as daniel jones saquon barkley were against minnesota Minnesota's defense is not Philly's defense. So Philly's 31st defense. defense. Minnesota doesn't have a defense, which <laughs> apparent with the firing today. So you're going into that understanding that it's going to be more of a uglier football type of game from the offense. And that's why you're hoping your defense could step up. And the Giants defense, we were talking about it with Joe last week, at times has made very key plays. I think of the Kayvon Thibodeau uh, strip sack in Washington or just second your secondary, Adore Jackson, locking up Justin Jefferson last week. So you have the guys to make plays. So whether it's a Kayvon Thibodeau strip sack, Adore Jackson interception, Leonard Williams uh, getting in the backfield, stopping Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, it's going to be a whole defensive effort. And I think that's where they're going to have to win the games on the defensive end and special teams. Oh yeah. Listen, no doubt about it. It's the guy that I'm worried about the most in that offense, because the media, the giants media has even referred to him as the giant killer is Boston Scott. 
that dude has 10 career touchdowns against the Giants, which is ridiculous. So, but I agree. We need we need guys to step up. And it is concerning a little bit because Aziz Ojolari did hurt his quad last game. So his snap count could be questionable. But we did see that defensive line continue to operate well. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, KT. We have some rookies even getting some moments. Cordell Flott, he came in for Fabian Moreau at the end of the game, broke up that pass with KJ Osborne, so we could expect to see him a little more. But I, but it, it the defense is key, and we need a clean game from the offensive line as well, which it, it's going to be tough because, like you said, this Eagles defensive line doesn't even compare to, to the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings, they'll send Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter and in, in, in off the edge to rush, but – when you have Pro Bowl caliber guys on all four positions on the line, it's it's tough. It's tough. So very excited about that game. Um, but then we move on to Sunday's games. And we got the Bengals and the Bills leading up, leading us off for Sunday. And you know what? I, I, I want, I'm going to turn it to Stevie here. I think he's uh, he's caught his breath after that Tom Brady debate. Um but I'm 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 giving this my opinion. I'm giving this one to the Bengals, man. The fact that the the Bills only lost by three to Skylar Thompson. Come on, I, the, there's just something off with this Bills team this year. There's something think, off. You think that given all the momentum they they had with Demar Hamlin, it would have been a blowout. There was no reason for them to allow. 31 points to Skylar Thompson. No reason at all. And that's uh who's their D coordinator? Leslie Frazier. You're an experienced guy. And you're allowing that to happen in a wild card game. So, Stevie, what, what's your prediction of that? That might be the toughest game to predict. Yeah. So I really it's like every time I, I want to like flip a coin, and every time, you know, if it lands on heads and it's like say the bills are like you know heads it's like uh let me just let me just give it one more shot and see if it's heads again and then it's tails for the bangles and it's just back and forth because i mean because like part of me like kind of middle of the season something like that i said you know where does this Bengals team stand was that was a i guess joe burrow's good they got great weapons they got some guys on defense they get you know i like um Oh my god, their head coach, um, blanking, um, Taylor, Zach Taylor. Zach, you know, yeah. I think he's pretty good. Um, you know, it's like, where does where does this team stand? Are they contenders? Are they, you know, like, but then they kind of are contenders. You know, was that Super Bowl like? You know, clearly it wasn't a Super Bowl hangover for them, like the Rams. It was. You know, they're right back in the divisional round. Um, and then. Buffalo, it's like Buffalo's so dominant, but then they have games where you're like, ooh, like something's not like something's missing here. You know, they're not they're clicking, but they're not clicking at the same time. Uh so in both teams last week, I was not impressed with that at all. Both were playing backup quarterbacks, both were home, and both barely won. You know, the Bengals won by a touchdown, and the Ravens' last play was like very, very close on the time the game up. Um it's had the lead at multiple times in the game. Exactly. And then the Bills were up big and then blew it. And then same thing. We're really close 
to, you know, either going into overtime or allowing the Dolphins to score. So, like, and possibly win the game. So, this game really, I mean, you got two top QBs in this league. Both have their guys for receivers, you know, Diggs, Chase, you know, and then you have the other ones like Higgins and Gabe Davis. Um, Obviously, Joe Mixon is better than, I think, the Bills running backs with Singletary and James Cook. But that's a pretty good little tandem they got there. Um, I like you like him, right? And you know, like James Cook has really turned it up um halfway yeah. through the year, end of the year. So I really I don't know. It, obviously the Buffalo has a home field advantage, but clearly Miami it didn't bother them too much. They kind of went right in. Um so I, I don't know. And obviously, unfortunately, that was the game Buffalo and Cincinnati where Damar Hamlin um you know got hurt um you know with his heart and and it was a very serious, you know. Um, I don't I like I don't even want to call it an injury, like because I I, I very serious incident, you know, because it was such yeah. a freak thing. It's not like you know he got injured, like he hurt his knee or kind of concuss- I mean, like he needed CPR and to be like resuscitated on the field and in the ambulance. So like, and even that game, it seemed like it was going to be a back and forth. You know, the Bengals went down and scored, and then. You know, Buffalo went down and scored a field goal, and then it seemed like it was going to be a back-and-forth game. So, I don't know. I, I really don't know, Castle. Like, I I want to say Buffalo because of their home team, and it's like you think they the past couple years they've been this close to getting to that next level, you know, finally getting to the Super Bowl. You know, like it, they lost in the AFC Championship two years ago um, to the Chiefs, and then last year – they lost in the divisional round, but same thing, like in the last seconds. But then the Bengals, they were able to get past that next level. So now their next level is, can they win the Super Bowl? So I really can't tell um, because both QBs, you know, like, but I, I think, honestly... I think Joe Burrow makes better decisions than Allen, and that might be the key factor. I think Burr, like Allen, turns the ball over too much lately. This whole season, he has. Um, it's been it's been off for him, which which is why I'm leaning more towards the banks. And I'm kind of, yeah, I, I think I'm kind of almost leaning that way too. Like, listen, I I won't be surprised if Buffalo does advance. Um, you know, but like I said, I think Burrow protects the ball a lot better than Josh Allen does. And that oh, yeah. could be, that could be a key factor. Um, so I don't know. I think it should be a really good game all in all. I think that one has the potential to be the best, the best game. Um, because I think those two teams are the closest talent wise than chiefs, Jags, giants, Eagles, and Cowboys, um, 49ers. I think those other games, there's other, um, um, you know, factors. There's, other good there's there's other good factors. But yes, overall, when game. you look at it, it's yeah. the game. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, I, I I definitely agree, and I didn't even realize it until you were answering. But the last time these two teams did play was when Demar Hamlin went down. So there's there's going to be a lot of emotions in in this game for sure. And then we wrap up 
the divisional weekend with the Cowboys and, and the Niners. And I feel like I'm having flashbacks already from earlier in the episode. Um, but I think this is probably going to be Purdy's biggest challenge de- defensively. I, w- I was looking at it a little bit today. I think the Cowboys are the highest ranked defense he's played since he's taken over. Maybe there's been one one defense that's been superior, but I think the Cowboys are the website I was looking at said they were uh, number six. So it's going to be tough for sure. But hey, as we've talked about, this offense has been humming. You know, they haven't lost a game in weeks. And I love to I love to bag on Mike McCarthy. Love to. I mean, last week he played against crippling Tom. So how much credit can you really give him for last week's game? So I think this is pretty, you know, clear cut that the Niners should win. Um, I will say just I'm touching upon it because I want to get I want to wrap up and and get to our X factors here. So I'm going to just say this. If the Niners lose to the Cowboys, then I think the quarterback situation becomes a little more interesting in the sense where going off of what Stevie said. Now, I, I, I agree. If if Brock Purdy makes it to the Super Bowl, even if they lose, there's no need for them to get a quarterback like Brady where he's at the tail end of his career because then you're taking you're you're taking a step you're a major step back however if the Niners do not make it to the Super Bowl and management and Kyle Shanahan looks at it as you know this was this was something where Purdy was very young and his his inexperience you know his lack of experience showed and they're kind of moving on from either Lance or Jimmy G. Frankly, I don't know what they're going to do about that. Depending on, on what br- type of deal Brady is looking for, in the scenario where he's like, I want one more year, I don't think it's totally outrageous for, for San Francisco to look into it. For a one-year deal, though, because if they feel like they, they're one step away from winning the Super Bowl and it's the offense – that that has the the issues then they might say screw it one one season let's see what happens but overall i think the way that the niners are being built it, it's it's very very unlikely i think when you look at the brady situation i think vegas is is the key for him but um that that's how i'm looking at this niners game it's it's clean cut i mean josh uh, you know my feeling is looking at the cowboys game they just played a very bad team and the defense didn't have to do that much. And when you have guys like Mike, ironically, ironically enough, it's, it was against Tom Brady too. Stevie's a uh, apparently lover boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's very true. It was against, <laughs> it was against an older Brady. Um, and, and listen, I, I, I don't want to give the the Cowboys any credit here, any advantage, but they they did put up, I think, nearly forty points against a a head coach who's a defensive minded guy. So, you know, do you do you 
guys see any scenario where the the Cowboys can have an upper hand in this game, or do you see a scenario where if they really hone in on one specific part of their game, for me, I think it's if the defense can somehow rattle rattle Purdy sure. because if if Parsons can get to the line quick or if uh, Diggs is giving the receivers a hard time, that's where I think they have the upper hand. I and I agree. I think if they can get pressure on Purdy, it really hasn't seemed like Purdy has been overwhelmed by pressure. But that also could be because he hasn't seen many. He hasn't been hit much, so we don't really know how rattled he gets when he gets hit and is trying to make a throw under tight pressure. Dallas has the potential to do that with their defense, but you never know what kind of Dallas Cowboys team you're going to get each week. You could get from one week, you, you could get a team that looks like they're the Super Bowl favorites. And then the next week, they look like they're the worst, the worst team in the NFC. That's just how the Dallas Cowboys are. So it, it, it'll depend on which Cowboys team shows up Sunday in San Francisco. I, the offense, it, it's, it's, it's similar to the Giants situation. You're going up against an elite, elite defense. Your defense is going to be, going to have to be the one to uh, spark something. So whether it's intercept, an interception and off Brock Purdy, fumble, special team stepping up, because we saw that was an issue last week, anything non-offensive related will have to be the factor for Dallas. And, and I got to give credit to Dan Quinn for what he's been doing with this defense. He's a hot commodity for, for head coaching candidates right now. So he, he could, he could very well cook something up, but all, all, all the games this weekend are, are looking really sharp and it, it's going to be a great weekend of, of divisional football for sure. Divisional round of the playoffs Definitely, you you guys will definitely want to, you the fans will definitely want to tune in. And we're going to do another great evaluation next week. Maybe we'll we'll dive in a little bit to basketball. We are slowly approaching the trade deadline, so we can definitely get into some of that. Maybe get into some puck. The season's only beginning, and we got a lot of great stuff coming up. But that will conclude tonight's episode. And as always, we want to give our usual thank yous. We want to thank Liberty Shirt Co. Uh, they're making everyone on, on Fox Sports and all their clients look like superstars. Uh, so go check them out. They're, they're always running some, some great promotions. So we want, to, we want to thank them. We want to thank Kevin and Wild Chat Sports for being part of their uh, podcasting network. Really, he's doing really great stuff. Wild Chat is always getting some great guests. So definitely go check them out. We want to thank OP Sports Betting. If you want to bet some crypto, if you already burned through your holiday money and you want to bet Trevor Lawrence this weekend, go check them out and see what crypto you can use. Great opportunity to uh, to mix it up. We want to thank TJ Unfortunately, he had some connection issues, so he will not be with us to sign off, but we want to thank him for all of his efforts with the social media. Definitely go check out that content as the NFL offseason kicks off and we have the playoffs. And last, we want to thank you guys, the fans. We're all very grateful for the fan base, the fact that we have been doing this for seven seasons now and continuing. We're thankful for you guys for listening. 
Thank you for turning in tonight's episode, and we will see you next week.